0: We lived in Abilene. We lived in a two-story home that my dad was fixing up. He was in the process of repainting mine and my sister's bedrooms. And so me and both of my sisters slept in my parents' bedroom for several nights. My mother always slept on her back with her hands clasped together. That's just how she slept. So at this time, I was about seven and my sisters were just a bit older than I was. So on this night, I wake up and see another hand resting on top of my mom's clasped hands. I kind of chuckled because I thought one of my sisters were scared and was holding on to my mom's hands. Then I looked over the bed and both of my sisters had their backs turned towards me and were fast asleep. So I got up a bit and looked at my mom closer and realized the hand holding on to hers was coming from under Under the under the the bed. I ducked under the covers until morning and... When we left that house for the final time, we heard heavy boots stomping around upstairs, but we had just done a final sweep and there was no one else in the house besides us. Submitted by Texas Johnny B, Victoria, Texas. You rowdy listeners in the hinterlands It's Rock And I'm rolling solo as Max is busy With early morning runs, work, and other shenanigans But the show must go on And so I'm here dropping a very special episode In fact, it's part one of what we're hoping Are several episodes our listener stories That's right, y'all We asked and you guys delivered And we thank y'all from the bottom of our cold little hearts We always say we couldn't have done this without you but on this episode, that is literally the truth. So a tip of our hats again. Thanks so much. And before I get into the stories, I'd like to ask y'all to head over to whatever podcast you listen to us on. And please, take that time out to write and review our show, gang. It makes so much difference, y'all. It helps tremendously in getting our podcast out there. So a million thanks in advance. All right, let's get this party started, shall we? So technically, we've already started... With that killer tell out of Abilene, Texas. Texas Johnny B. Wow! How horrifying must that have been. Especially at seven years old, to see an arm coming out from under the bed, holding on to your mom's hands. Oh hell now. Nah. Time to peace out, baby. Now I know you were like seven, but I might have had to move camp over to grandma's house, maybe my Tia's house. Somebody cool. Anything. And you didn't wake up anybody or tell anybody? Champ! Thanks for the submission, amigo, and we look forward to hearing more from you. Alright gang, on to the next. I saw your post on Facebook and I couldn't resist telling my one, and I think only, ghost story. Okay. So I went to visit my friend and stay the night in Park Slope, Brooklyn. This was the late 80s, possibly 90 or 91. She was living in a brownstone with some other people, but we were the only ones there that night. Everyone else was away for the weekend, or at least for the night. The weirdness started as soon as we went to bed. I was laying there in a twin bed along the wall, with the doorway at the foot of my bed. Lori was across the room in her bed, fast asleep. She slept through the whole thing. I heard someone enter the apartment downstairs. I heard voices. I figured someone had come home early, sounded like two people. As I was laying there, I heard more voices. It was kind of getting loud. I was wondering how many people they brought home with them. I finally got annoyed by hearing these people talking right outside my door for a while. And I'd figured I'd ask them to take it upstairs to the top floor one flight up, where the living room and kitchen were. I got up and opened the door. Complete silence. No one was there. I thought, okay, I imagined it. Maybe I was dreaming. I lay down again. Pretty soon, the voices started up again. There were more and more people. It finally got so loud, I knew there were people there. They were having a party. I felt relieved. I got up again, opened the door, silence. I freaked out but I told myself I know there are people here. I girded my loins and walked all the way down to the first floor, looking in any open doors for people, then all the way to the top floor, there was no one. I went back down to my bed, it was silent for a while and then it started up again. I'm laying there feeling scared when the door to our room opened. Aha, I thought. I knew there were people here. And at the same time, WTF, lady? It was a black woman in a green turban-type head covering and a long green dress. She leaned in and looked across the room at Lori. I said, uh, oh, we're sleeping here. She completely ignored me. After a number of lingering seconds, I guess she was satisfied with what she saw. She never looked at me or acknowledged me. She just looked at Lori. She closed the door. The noises of the party resumed when she closed the door. That's when I hid under my cover, shaking, and tried to ignore the sound until I finally fell asleep. Lori and her family were into the Yoruba religion. I always felt this lady was somehow associated with that religion. So that's my ghost story. Hope you are well. Best to all your families. Deborah, NYC. Awesome story. I mean, yo, who doesn't love a ghost party? Got the party kicking in NYC at all hours. Only thing is, no mortals allowed. And Deb, Deborah, Debster One question Why on earth didn't you wake up Lori? Is it because she was just fast asleep and you didn't want to be rude? Because full disclosure, I would have woken her up in a New York minute Pun intended If for no other reason just to make sure I wasn't going crazy I know sleep's important, but come on that was very brave of you You know, and again, I would have woken her up just to share the abject terror that you must have been feeling, especially after the ghostly woman came in to check on you two. (laughs) Great story, Deborah. Thank you so much for contributing to our very first listener stories here at Nightmares and Daydreams. All right, gang. No rest for the wicked. No rest for the weary. All that. Hang tight because the next story is a good one. So this happened in the early 2000s, 2001, 2002. I was in my early 20s and I had just moved to Newport Beach, California. And when we initially moved there, we, my boyfriend and I, were right off the ocean. And it was a two bedroom, two bath apartment that we shared with another couple. And it was amazing. That said, not long after that, my boyfriend and I decided that we wanted more privacy. So we got our own place. The place we moved into was equally amazing. It was a waiting list to rent it, but we got in really quick. It was about 15 minutes from the beach, had shopping and dining all around us. I loved it. All that said, I do recall feeling a bit unsettled when we were first shown the apartment. I mean, it was nice. It was very nice. I just felt cold. And the other thing was all the mirrors. It had an odd amount of mirrors throughout the apartment. In the hallways, the closets, just mirrors in places they're normally not. I guess it was to make the apartment feel larger? Which I guess it did, but it also added to my feelings of being unsettled. All that said, we moved in, and I immediately didn't enjoy being in our new place by myself. My boyfriend traveled a lot for work, So I was by myself quite often, so I would ask girlfriends to stay over when he was gone, or I'd go over and stay at one of their houses. I literally just couldn't bring myself to stay in that apartment by myself. And I couldn't bring myself to sleep in the dark either. I always had night lights on. Let me rewind a bit. So, and I'm still not sure why I did this or why I felt this compulsion to do this after we moved in maybe it was because of all the mirrors. And I don't even want to say the name of the ritual that I did, but you guys did a five minutes of folklore on it. All right, y'all, this is Rock Bustin' in. I believe she's talking about our five minutes of folklore on Bloody Mary. Now back to the story. And it involves summoning an entity through a mirror. Well, one day I did it. I sat in front of the mirror and did the ritual, and nothing happened, and I felt better. Like it was something that I needed to do, it was done, and I was done with it, or so I thought. One week night, my boyfriend was gone, and I had a friend's day over. We went out and had some dinner and a few drinks and came back home. Everything was good, we stayed up a while longer, and then went to bed. She stayed in our guest room, and I stayed in our master. And because I was still uneasy about being alone in that place, I slept with my door a little open, you know, just in case I needed my friend to hear me or something. Well, I fall asleep, and then I just wake up. And I kind of sit up, and I see this thing, and that's the only way I can describe it. This thing is sliding into my room through the small space that I left my door open with. It was smoky, kind of translucent. It wasn't completely solid, but I could feel it looking at me. In the dim light, I can tell that it has a woman's features, but they're old and emaciated and full of hatred. So this thing rises up at the foot of my bed, and I can't move. I can't draw a breath. I can only look at it. And then it lunges at me, that's the best way I can describe it. And it kind of goes through me and I can feel this weight, I can feel this pressure pinning me down for what seemed like forever. And then it was gone. And even though I felt like I could move again, I stayed still. It was like something was telling me to not draw its attention again. I didn't call for my friend. I didn't turn on the lights. I just lay in bed not moving until the sun came up. So I tell my boyfriend, and he's concerned, but he never experienced anything in that apartment. I want to move out, but our lease is not up. So my sister comes over and I confide in her, tell her what happened, and she says we should do a cleansing ceremony and let this thing know that I'm no threat. So we do. We do a cleansing ceremony, and my sister lets the entity know that we were protected by a higher power, and that we meant no harm, and that we're not a threat to whatever she was. And honestly, the apartment felt lighter after that. It really did. All that said, as soon as our lease was up, we moved out. I have some other stories that I'll send to you. My fiancé and I love the podcast, Keep Up the Good Work, submitted by Aaron. Aaron. Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. What a story. Thank you for sharing, Aaron. And there's a lot to unpack here, folks. All right. First question I would posit to Max were he here is this. Was that Bloody Mary? Listeners in the hinterlands, any thoughts on it? If so, drop us a line at our website or head on over to our Facebook page and jump into some group discussions. Personally, I don't think it was. The MO of Bloody Mary is to scratch and bloody up whomever summons her. So that kind of rules her out. And honestly, the paralysis that Erin felt kind of points toward old hag syndrome. I mean, not all of her experience lines up, but it's an interesting theory. And that said, Erin's sixth sense kicked in as soon as she stepped foot into her new place. So there was something there. And we've all heard stories about mirrors, y'all. Portals into other worlds? Stories like that abound. Narnia, anybody? Well, technically that's a wardrobe, but y'all feel me, right? So Aaron, thank you so much for the tale of terror and keep us updated with any other happenings. And forward we march, y'all. Let's get into our final tale of the night. So this happened in the mid-90s. Some friends of mine, I'll call them Frank and John, and myself decided to head down to Bisbee, Arizona for a guy's weekend. You know, have some drinks, have some food, tell some old stories, and reconnect. Well, we stayed at the famous Copper Queen, which is a really old historic hotel, built in the late 1800s and was rumored to be quite haunted, which I guess is one of the reasons Frank and John wanted to stay there in the first place. Bisbee itself is an old mining town in southern Arizona, lots of history, and since the mining industry declined, it's become quite touristy with restaurants, hotels, bars, etc. Well, when we checked in, we booked the largest room they had, and the clerk brought our attention to a book at the desk. And that book was filled with people writing down their stories of, I guess, any paranormal activity they experienced during their stay. And our room, according to the clerk, had the most stories in that book. The name of the room escapes me, I apologize, it's been some years. So we laugh it off and we go about our business of checking in. We have dinner and we have some drinks, and it was a great evening. And we retire to our room, which has one king and one queen bed. So John and Frank sleep in the king, and I get the queen on the other side of the room, which was quite large. Well, I wake up sometime during the night, and I'm not sure when or what time. And I hear John and Frank kind of whispering to each other in their bed, just kind of mumbling. And then I hear them laughing, which I thought was weird, but I just turned over and went back to sleep. So the next morning I asked them what the hell they were giggling about in the middle of the night. And they tell me that during the middle of the night, they both felt another person get in the bed behind John and lay down beside him and kind of starts spooning with him, like this unseen entity. And this lasts for several minutes, and then the figure crosses over John and gets next to Frank and does the same thing. And then the figure gets up, and this wave of numbing cold just washes over the bed, and then it's gone. Was it that funny? I asked. No, they said it was horrifying, but they were laughing because they were sure that the ghost was going to make its way over to my bed and do the same thing to me. And they were gleefully waiting for my reaction as this ghost hopped into my bed, which thankfully it never did. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Ed, Arizona. Okay. (laughs) Now that was hilarious. And it just goes to show you cannot trust your boys to take care of you on a boy's weekend because all they want you to do is play the fool. I mean, Frank, John, those dudes experienced an entity getting in bed with them, spooning with them in an effort to warm itself, maybe. Or hell, maybe it was getting frisky, who knows. But the point is, these cats were willing to go through that and then suck it up, not make any noise, in hopes that the ghost would do the same thing to Ed, fast asleep in his own bed. That's all kind of awesome right there. Ed, I hope your boys and you are still having guys' weekends because they sound like a hell of a lot of fun. Look at that. Our second Arizona story. Way to go, AZ. And Bisbee sounds really cool. I've never been, but it sounds a bit like Jerome. Haunted old mining town outside of Sedona that is, uh, you know, no longer mining and super touristy and according to the people that live there, super haunted. That's on Max's and I's checkout list. We want to do an episode from there. All right, gang. So we are done for this first episode ever of Listener's Tales, Volume 1. Thanks so much for hanging out. And if I could take your mind off the cares and troubles of the outside world just for a bit, Then I've done my duty. And like we always say, y'all, please share our podcast. Hands down, the best way to help us out. Thanks in advance. Also, if you guys want to support the podcast, head on over to buymeacoffee.com and search Nightmares Podcast for an invigorating one time donation so Max and myself can maintain our caffeine habit. It's much appreciated. Also, we have our Patreon page up and running at patreon.com forward slash nightmares podcast. We continually add new content, and tier started at a buck a month for a shout-out, and y'all can cancel anytime. We've added Rock's Relaxing Reads, Max's Mythology, and additional music by the great and powerful Teresa Joy. And speaking of the best bard in the business, Teresa Joy gives us that sound that so many of you have commented on. Find and follow her at Viobrite, that's at V-I-O-B-R-I-T-E, on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our own website at TeresaJoyMusic.com. And we asked earlier, and we'll ask again, gang, but please head on over to whatever podcast you listen to us on and grant us that boon of the five-star review. Or hell, do us one better and take the time to write a review. It means so much. And hit us up on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, the Gram, all that. We love to hear from y'all. Tell us what you like, what you think, what you want to hear more of. We want to know. And finally, head on over to our own damn website at NightmaresPodcast.net and holler at your boys. You know we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you'd pick up a bit of that merch you've been eyeing. So ladies and gentlemen, as always, be good to each other. And Sweet, sweet dreams. dreams.